Mark for an announcement. All right, I'm on my way. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Mark Klepsig, and uh, just I have the privilege of serving on the board of directors here at Church in the Valley and wanted to welcome you this morning, whether you are here online or in the courtyard here with us today. Um, we really are glad that you've joined us. And I do want to say happy Father's Day. So really appreciate the dads out there. Uh, it's not an easy job, but it's a really fun job. To celebrate the fact that it's Father's Day, uh, we have, uh, under the blue easy up over here, Donuts for Dads. Uh, we expanded the scope, however, because we're celebrating none of us having to wear masks. Masks are optional. You can wear one if you'd like. Um, but you can take off your mask to eat a donut. So feel free to grab a donut uh, during or after service. If you're a guest this morning, we do have a free gift for you. It's a book that's called How Good is Good Enough, and that's on our guest resource table. Feel free to grab one of those for yourself or friends or family um, if you're here as a guest. Uh, I also want to mention our um, song lyrics, listening guide, and connection card uh, are available online at civalhambra.com slash sunday. So you can look up that there. Uh, if you're here in person with us, you should have been offered one of those packs with uh, all of those things. Um, so if you want to get one of those and don't have it, also that's over uh, at our uh, name tag table. Um, so we would appreciate it uh, after service if you would drop um, your offering. If you'd like to give that way, you could also give online or any, uh, you, you can drop the whole thing if you want to recycle it. Take your sermon notes if you took notes, or, or the pens. We do recycle those. Unless you need another pen at home, feel free to take that. Um, we would like everyone to fill out a connection card. Um, we're back in back in the in the swing of things, and so if you would do that, um, if you're here in person, and um, just fill out whatever applies to you. If you're one of our regulars, and if you're a guest, a first or second time guest. It would help us to know kind of how you found out about the church. Um, that would there's a there's a box that says first time, second time guest, or out of town, um, and it just really helps us to know how are people uh, learning about the church. Whether it was a friend that invited you, or you just did an internet search, or you just heard the music where we're walking by and decided to show up. Um, I do have some other announcements. So uh, new Sunday service time. Next week, we'll be moving the time forward a half an hour, trying to miss some of the sun. Last week was really hot, and we said, uh-oh, it's probably time to pull back. We got feedback that said 9 o'clock might be a little too early, so we're going to make a compromise, and we'll go for 9.30. So hopefully that will keep uh, some sunburns at bay and save those for the beach and hope that helps in beating the summer heat. We also kicked off some training. Um, there were some event for parents. There was also an event that's last Friday for young adults. But there's ongoing opportunities. So if you were out of town or otherwise just missed those, uh, also use your connection card to sign up and say you'd like more information if you are a young adult or your parents and want to get some help with that. So we've started that this summer. And lastly, I uh, wanted to save the date for our volunteer appreciation picnic. We thought we might be able to do that in May, and of course the restrictions were still there. It was hard for us to reserve a spot. So we pushed that out to August 14th. So if you'd mark on your calendars and save that date, that's a time when all the church gets together and uh, really honors the loads of volunteers that make a 
business complex turn into a church every Sunday and then transform back to a business complex. So really appreciate the hard work everyone does. And once again, we're glad that you're here. We're going to sing another song and worship before John Taylor comes up for his message. Thanks, Mark. If you guys will stand with us, we're going to continue worshiping.
Dear Heavenly Father, um, God, we're sorry when we just come with our own agenda, but I pray that um, this morning you would transfer us over to your agenda and that we would just be aligned with your will. Um, pray that you would open up our hearts um, to just receive the message with, with openness. And um, God, I pray that you just transform us into the church that you desire us to be, Lord. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's welcome up Dr. John Taylor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Audrey and the team. It's, they do a great job, don't they? So we really appreciate all the folks leading worship and putting all the hard work in. And well, good morning, and again, happy Father's Day, uh, and grandfathers, and all those would-be fathers, wannabe fathers. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, for many years, and I am a father, I've got four children and five grandchildren, but I've got, for many years, Father's Day has been the, my least favorite day to go to church. And uh, I kind of dread it every year. Uh, going to church on Father's Day. And it's because, uh, and we've been to, you know, no matter which church we've been at, typically the message on a, fa on a Sunday morning on Father's Day is, don't be such a deadbeat dad. Fathers, get your act together. Be a spiritual man, be a leader of be a man of God, don't, be an, don't abdicate, and all those other kind of exhortations to fathers. And I will confess, of course, that sometimes I need, as a father, I need a good telling off. You just need someone to, to tell you, okay, you're not doing it right, and, and so on. But every year, and so that's why I came to dread Father's Day at church, because I just get beat up every time. And, uh, well, now I get to preach on Father's Day. And so I decided to change the message. This is why the title of today's message is called Honor Your Father, besides which it's in the Bible. It's amazing how fathers are viewed in various cultures, in our various cultures, if you uh, have at all watched television or watch m movies or videos or, and you see any advertising on television or the internet, just ask yourself, how are fathers portrayed in our popular movie and entertainment culture? You know, with a few, ex with a few exceptions, fathers in the media culture and the entertainment culture are weak spineless buffoons who can't do anything right. They're the butt of everybody's jokes. And they just, they're there so that the strong children or the strong mothers can show them how to do things. They can't get anything right. 
And that's so often how fathers are portrayed in, in the movies. And now, so it tells us something about what our, father, what our cultures think about fathers, at least or to some extent. It's not all bad news, right? It turns out that this year, Americans are going to spend $17 billion on Father's Day. Seven, so people are making an effort, at least with their money. And, and then, by the way, that, dwar that is dwarfed by Mother's Day. Mother's Day gets a lot more spent on it, but $17 billion is a lot of money to spend on Father's Day. So people are making an effort. That's good news. And, of course, we're not really here to talk about Father's Day because that's not in the Bible. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a useful cultural thing that we do. Uh, but we are here to talk about honoring our fathers and why that's important, how we might do it. it I mean, this is... And, and the text we're going to read straight from Exodus 20, verse 12, it's... If I asked you, uh, what's the fifth commandment? And you said, honor your father and mother, you'd be right. This is the fifth commandment out of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Those are two places you read the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. By the way, uh, it's repeated in Deuteronomy, of course, which is why Deuteronomy is called Deuteronomy, because it is the second Deuteronomy in Greek meaning two or second, and nomos meaning law. So Deuteronomy is the second reading of the law or the second telling of the law. Uh, which is, and so that's when Moses retells the story of the Exodus and uh, recounts some of the laws uh, that God gave them. And the, the top 10 laws in the Bible are there in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. So, and out of, the, out of the top 10, honor your father and mother makes it to number five on our top 10 hit list of biblical laws. So I guess it must be important. And by the way, I'm not going to leave the mothers out this morning uh, because the, the biblical text is honor your father and mother. And... Uh, I, by the way, I, I, will, I was reading just yesterday about uh, an amazing mother. She is actually a mother duck. And, uh, but it turns out, and this was up in Canada, and uh, she had eight ducklings, little baby ducks that followed around, and they fell through a grating uh, into a sewer. And, uh, you know, so what is she going to do? Well, there is a policeman around. Of course, it's always good to know there's a policeman around when you need one. And he was just minding his own business, doing nothing with ducks. And suddenly, there's a nip on his calf. And, uh, and he looks down, and this duck, this mother duck, is literally nipping at All right. 
Can I do a mic drop moment with this? Is that okay? Is that okay? Now, the, the duck is getting his attention. The police eventually wakes up that something's going on, and he organizes, and they rescue the duckling. So that's, that's a good mum. Now, but Father's Day, as I said, has traditionally been a time to sort of, in church, to get at your dads and sell them, you know, try, because we think that that's the only Sunday of the year when some dads are in church because uh, they're, they're the, the, the non-spiritual ones. And so we've got to get them while they're here. We've got to tell them off and then tell them how they can get saved. And, and so that's what Father's Day for. Mother's Day at church is full of joy and mums are great and roses and, and, and apple pie and it's all wonderful, right? And so today we're going to honor fathers uh, and because the Bible says to do it. In Exodus 20 verse 12, we're going to read this. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now I'm going to read also from the Deuteronomy version, Deuteronomy 5.16, slightly different than the expressed. Honor your father, father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So that's our fundamental text for this week. So, as always, when we want to read a Bible text, we have to understand the context. What came right before it? What's the situation in which these words are being given? Uh, who's writing to whom and why? The context, and especially, you know, the lit what we call a literary context, that is, what is happening in that part of the book that we're reading in order to understand what's being said. And, of course, our context is Exodus 20. And in Exodus 20, uh, it's the uh, giving of the law at Mount Sinai to all of Egypt. And this is literally God speaking out loud from the top of Mount Sinai so that all the Israelites can hear. And when it says the Lord spoke all these words, he is literally speaking them uh, so that they can hear. And he starts, and he gives ten words or, or commandments. And, but he, before he gets to number one, he says this, I am the Lord your God. This is Exodus 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God. Oh, and thank you, whoever arranged the flyover at this key moment for the, uh, for the message. Appreciate that. What a great thing for Father's Day, a Father's Day flyover. I appreciate that, whoever's flying over us. Now, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land, the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. It goes into the Ten Commandments. This, these commandments are given on the basis of God's rescue of Israel, and this is his covenant with them. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. I have redeemed you. I have rescued you. I have made you my own people. I am the Lord, Yahweh, your God. Now this is how you're to live for me. This is how you're to respond. This is your part of the covenant. And there are ten of these commandments. And 
This, the one we're looking at today is number five. But the first four, you know, shall have no other gods before me. Second one, don't, don't make idols. Don't worship them. Third one, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh, fourth one, remember the Sabbath day. And scholars and people who read this have noticed, of course, that the first four commandments really talk about how you relate to God. Don't have, other, don't have any other gods. Don't make idols, whether of other gods or of our God, and don't worship them. And, uh, and take, take his, don't take his name in vain. Keep his Sabbath day, a day unto the Lord. But, and then, so sometimes we divide the Ten Commandments into two at this point. There's four commandments about loving God and four, six commandments about loving your neighbor is the way we think of it in light of what Jesus said about the two greatest commandments being love God and love your neighbor. Uh, but, of course, if we were to divide, it's interesting that the fifth commandment right there is on the transition between these commandments of how to relate to God and how to relate to others. And it is, in fact, a kind of transition commandment because it's in that first table of the first five of the commandments for a reason. Because it combines relating to God and relating to others. Because... When we are called by God to honor our father and mother, when we're called by God to honor our father and mother, a lot of it has to do with this, that it's, it is through our parents that we have life. It is through our parents that God made us, that God created us. And so it's a way of showing reverence and honor to God for his making us by honoring the parents that he gave us. So that's the kind of context here. I should say something about uh, the, the New Testament as well. It's not just in the Old Testament. Jesus in Matthew 15, 1 to 9, Jesus also brings up this commandment, and he, and he has a go at people who are trying to, eschew, trying to get out of honoring their parents uh, by saying, well, I'm not going to support my parents. I'm going to give that money to God. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do something or whatever it was that they owed their parents. They were trying to get out of doing it uh, by saying it's all the Lord's now. And he's saying, no, 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 don't, don't you know, don't abandon the, the commandments of God just for, the, for your own traditions. In Deuteronomy, where the, where the law is given, the context is very interesting. And that's, so in Deuteronomy 5, and if you have your Bibles, you can, you can have a look there. Now, if you don't know where Deuteronomy is in the Bible, uh, just look up the table of contents, and that will help you. Nothing, by the way, don't ever be ashamed about looking up the table of contents in the front of your Bible uh, to find out where things are. Uh, but it's the fifth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, as Moses is talking to them, we read this in verse 34 and 35. Then Moses says to Israel, Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry and took an oath, saying, Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and also, of course, Joshua comes in there in verse 38 as well. 
the generation that Moses is addressing are the are young adults, basically. They're a bunch of young adults and, and children, of course. But why is Moses addressing them like this? Why are they all young adults? Because all the old people have died. And all the old people have died except for two, Caleb and Joshua. And at this point, Moses is still around. He's about to die. But the whole of the older generation has died because they disobeyed God in the wilderness. Everybody basically, uh, you know, who was an adult from 20 through to whatever when they came out of Egypt, by this time, 40 years later, as they're just about to go to the promised land, everybody else who was basically 20 and over when they came out of the promised land, all of those have died in the wilderness because God was judging them for being disobedient along the way. So this is fascinating. Who is God speaking to when he says, honor your father and mother? Is he just mean kids? Kids, you know, speak nice to your dads. You know, Paul takes this passage in Ephesians 6 and says, children, obey your parents because, he says, it's written, honor your father and mother. And so Paul takes it seriously as a word for children. But it's much more than just a word for children. Remember, the people who are being spoken to on, on the day at, in Deuteronomy are a bunch of young adults, people you know, who can tell this to their children, of course. But they're people who need to honor their father and mother who were disobedient to God. Hello? They need to honor their father and mother, every one of whom except for Caleb and Joshua have been judged by God and have died. Wow. So when the Bible says, honor your father and mother, it's not saying, honor the best fathers and mothers. It's not saying, honor only believing fathers and mothers. It's not saying only honor good fathers and mothers. It's honor your fathers and mothers. We're going to think about how we might do that in a minute. We need to think a little bit about the cultural background here. Uh, the, the culture that Moses was in, the Israeli culture, and he, was, he grew up in Egypt, and we talk about that ancient culture of the Near East, that region in which Israel is set. Israel is not the only nation and they're not the only people telling everybody to honor their parents. It was pretty common in the ancient world of the Near East. So, uh, and there were three things that if you look at ancient Near East texts outside of Israel, Assyrians, Egyptians, Ugarites, uh, Chaldeans, all sorts of ancient peoples, what did they say about relating to your parents, all of them were saying basically similar things, but there's in a couple of ways, and they're very different in another way. First thing that the other nations around were looking for, for your parents, was dignity. 
you've got to treat your people with dignity. For example, the Egyptians had a law that when someone was in a job and they got too old to really do their job properly, you didn't just fire them. Uh, they kept their job, they kept the title, but they got, they got an assistant uh, to get, who could do the real work. And, and uh, that was a way of that they didn't lose status because they still had that title. They kept some income, but, and it was a way of looking after them in their old age and keeping them in a place of honor. You know, our culture are only too happy to ditch, you know, the older people. And, you know, there's been plenty of stories, as you may well know, from the world of employment. Uh, of course, it, in America, it's illegal to discriminate against people on the basis of age and employment, but you better believe it happens. And you can always find another reason to say why you're getting rid of people. And, uh, and so that was back in ancient Egypt. So dignity is one thing they looked for. Treat, maintain the dignity of your fathers and mothers. Uh, care was another thing. So they were saying to them, look after your, uh, your, your fathers and mothers. Meet their needs. And, but the th and both of those are kind of well within the biblical remit, as we're going to look a bit later on. The third, the, but the third thing that these ancient cultures often did, which we are commanded not to do, was that they worshipped their ancestors. They worshipped their departed ancestors off, quite often. And there's evidence of this. Uh, in the archaeology to some extent. So, and, uh, and they prayed to them, and they talked to them, and then, uh, they, they prayed to them and asked for help, and they gave offerings to them. That is, of course, not what the Bible says. First of all, the Bible says don't, you know, try to make contact with this departed dead people. But the second thing is, and of course, in the context of the, of the, of the fifth commandment, We've got the first two commandments, don't worship anything else, right? Don't make idols. And so in the context of strict monotheism, only one God, only worship one God, that's when we get honor your father and mother. So it never extends to worship. And uh, so, yeah, that's the sort of cultural background there's a couple of other Old Testament texts that I'd like to mention that sort of back this whole thing up. Uh, first of all, in Leviticus 19, verses 1 to 4. Leviticus 19, verses 1 to 4. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for the Lord your God am holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. And then it's going to kind of summarize the law again, the Ten Commandments, Briefly, it says this, Every one of you shall revere his father and mother, and shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Don't turn to idols or make yourselves any gods of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. So kind of a brief summary of some of the Ten Commandments. Revere your father and mother. Turns out that in Deuteronomy, in the law, uh, if you were a rebellious son, you could be executed in ancient Egypt, ancient Israel. In verse 18 to 21 of, of Deuteronomy 21, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, 
Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. By the way, Bye. we're looking, not talking about your disobedient three-year-old here, really. Don't stone them. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So he shall purge the evil from him, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Wow. That's quite something. Uh, and in other words, when they said, honor your father and mother, they took it pretty seriously. Did you see that big And uh, it was the parents' job here. Yes. This is to keep their children in order and to keep their dogs go, their small dogs, the big dogs. Bring them back to line. Uh, and uh, quite remarkable. And just shows you how seriously it was taken. So let me ask you this why should fathers and mothers be honored? Yes, you just like And the first and most obvious thing to say is that, and it's the simplest thing, we honor our parents out of obedience to the scripture, out of obedience to the word of God. It's what it says in the Bible. If that, if that was all we had to say, that would be enough. That's what the Bible says to do. Honor your father and mother. So just do it because that's what God wants. But it's helpful to know a lot more. Second reason is the reason given in the scripture itself. Honor your father and mother, the law says, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land which the Lord your God is giving to you. Wow. In other words, this is, Paul notes, by the way, in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3, that honor your father and mother is, uh, he says, it's the first commandment with a promise. Out of the Ten Commandments, this is the first in the list that comes with a promise attached. If you do this, these good things will happen to you. It's a benefit. There's got benefits to honoring your parents. First benefit is this. It's going to go well with you. That would be helpful, would it not? That would be good. Good things will happen when you honor your parents. He's talking, of course, not simply to individuals, but to the nation as a whole. Uh, this is what will happen in your nation, Israel, he says to them. You'll go well with you. God's going to make sure that happens. And that you may live long in the land. So does that mean, uh, you know, that a longer personal life? Possi quite possibly. It also means that Israel is going to be living in, in the promised land longer, and they're not going to get exiled. You know, they won't get cast out of the land because they're being obedient to this command. And, uh, but, so is this individual or is this corporate? Well, I think it's both. And it's for believers because Paul, as I says, brings it up in Ephesians 6. Says, children, obey your parents because this is the first command with a promise. And he gives these two reasons that it... You, you may live long and it may go well with you. And Paul, by the way, is reading the Greek translation of the Old Testament, puts things in a, in a different order. But uh, that's what he's doing. So we honor our fathers and our mothers because, it's the right, because we have to obey the God. That's what God says, the word of God. We honor them because of the promise of God. Good things will happen. Very good things will happen when we honor 
our fathers and mothers. And I'm talking here not just about you individually, I'm talking about our culture, our family, our city, our church. When we obey these things, we follow these ways, guess what? Good things will happen. The third reason is because they gave us life. We honor our fathers and mothers because they gave us life. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 4 to 6, we're going to read this for Deuteronomy 32, verses 4 to 6. It's about, it talks about God being a father to Israel, but it says important things about fathers. It talks about God. The rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice. The God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. They, that is the generation that died in the wilderness, they have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? And this is the key, key text here. Is he not your father who created you and made you and established you? The honor is due to God because he gave you life and also to your father because through your father, God gave you life. And so that reminds you of God who gave you life. In, in the same chapter, a few verses on, verse 18 to 20 of Deuteronomy 32, you were unmindful of the rock that bore you. That means God who's your father. Who, who, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. By the way, the two verbs there, who bore you and gave you birth, the first verb, uh, who bore you, that's the one typically translated in older versions of English Bibles, like the King Jimmy version, begat, you know, so-and-so begat. And that's a, that's a word that can be used about fathers or mothers. They brought forth, they, they had children. But the, sec so that, the second word here, uh, verb, uh, who... Uh, you forgot the God who gave you birth. That's one particularly related to mothers. And so God is, in this text, by the way, this has got to do with both the fathering of God and the mothering of God. But you forgot God who bore you. You forgot the rock that bore you. You unviolently forgot the God who gave you birth. The Lord saw it and spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide their face from them. I, see what their, I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse children, generation children in whom is no faithfulness. What is he saying here about himself, of course, is be faithful to God. He's explaining why that generation died in the wilderness, because they forgot the one who bore them. That's God, their father. And it tells us something about what it means to honor one's father and mother. It means to be faithful to them. It means to be faithful to them. Fourth reason why we should honor our parents is this, because Jesus affirmed this same principle. already mentioned this from Mark chapter 7. He said to them, verse 9 to 13, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. So we honor our parents because Jesus affirmed this principle 
and so don't give it up, even for spiritual reasons. Hello? Fifth reason, we should honor our fathers and our mothers. We honor our fathers because this will reaffirm, will reaffirm that fathers are important. Because honoring your father and mother will reaffirm to you and to our culture and to your city and to your family and to your own kids that fathers are important, that family is important. When we neglect to honor our parents, we are attacking the very institution of family itself. We're attacking the family itself because we are separating the generations from one another. Number six, we honor our fathers because this will remind us and our culture and our neighbors and our own families, will remind us that our father's instructions and traditions are important. We honor our parents because it reminds us that their teaching and their instructions and their traditions are important. They're not absolute, right? Your parents can teach you a bunch of rubbish. We know that. They can teach you stuff which you have to repent from later, which you have to change. It's, it's, that happens. But their traditions and their teachings and their instruction are important. And, they, and that is how children are meant to, how children learn, how they grow up, how they develop. It's important. It honors the, their father's instructions and traditions. In Proverbs 4, 1 to 5, we read this. Proverbs 4, 1 to 5. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding, for I give you sound teaching. This is a father speaking to his son or his child. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me, and he said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get understanding, don't forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Whatever unfortunate things your father's taught you, I guarantee you that some of it, at least for those of you who knew your father, which is most of us, some of it, much of it, was really, really important and valuable. And honoring them is a way of reminding ourselves of the, and reminding those around us of the significance of those traditions which are passed down and the teachings which come from our fathers and our mothers. Number seven, we honor our parents, we honor our fathers because this will press us to be reconciled with them. We honor our parents because this will press us to be reconciled to them. It'll push you towards them. Listen, you honor your father by forgiving him. Listen, you honor your father by forgiving him. Now, I was, I had a great dad. My dad's, you know, uh, passed away many years ago now, uh, far too young. But he was uh, a wonderful man. But there were things that he did, you know, uh, I did far more to him, by the way, than he ever did to me. I had far more to repent of over what I did to my parents than whatever they did to me. 
And, uh, but nevertheless, there was a time when God really brought me t- literally to my knees. It was in a giant Christian conference in a Sydney, Australia, and it was all in the open air, you know, a sort of big stadium thing, and uh, I found myself on my face in the ground, weeping and repenting of my bitterness to my father and forgiving him in my, from, my, from my heart. And it was a huge moment in my life. And I'll say this, that I had a great father, and it wasn't, you know, uh, but there's always things. So you honor your fathers because it presses you to be reconciled to them. And lastly, eight, we honor our fathers and mothers because this will strengthen the connection between the generations in our lives and in our culture. We honor our parents because it strengthens the links between generations in our lives, our families, and our culture. There's something about the culture, American culture, and it's very much the same in Australian, uh, where I'm from, but something about this culture that is, and it happens in many cultures, that seeks to disintegrate the family by dividing generations. Seeks, there's a pressure in a cultural pressure to disintegrate the family by dividing generations. You know, for example, when we, uh, we, when we had our children were young, we turned up to church like in a couple of places, and we were with our, with our four children in tow, and we came into the service of visiting a church for the first time and sat down, and uh, we were... Uh, we, uh, People came along and informed us that our children were not permitted to be in the service. They had to go down to whatever children's ministry was going on. And uh, in a a place we'd never been before with people we'd never met, our children had to be taken away and put in another room. Uh, And this happened in a couple of places. And it turns out that they want the adults, you know, it's, it's kind of understandable. Adults want to be free to hear the teaching and sing and everything without a crying baby around. But I don't know, Jesus ever had that opportunity, you know, of teach, speaking to a quiet crowd. But it's, and then it turns out that in, even in church, in our, in the way we do things, we split everybody up into narrow age ranges. So that, you know, you're only, you're put with people who are your exact peers age-wise. You know, the eight-year-olds, and, or the, in America, it's done by grades. And when I moved to America, I had to learn, you know, what's an eighth grader? Oh, how old is that? It's kind of a, one of the thing, you know. You, and, and so everybody's split. And I think there's advantage than that, but there's also great disadvantage. And the disadvantage is we separate families and generations from one another and we don't, and the people, whether it's in school or in church, when you're only being pe- with people of your own age and your own exact age, then those are the people who are discipling you. Those are the people who are really mo- molding you. And you're not being molded or discipled by people who are older than you who might know a little better. Uh, and so that's just a thought. Uh, think about the prodigal son. Luke 15 is a, a famous passage which has got three parables and the point it's got it talks about a lost coin and a lost sheep and a lost son and the point of this passage of course is 
uh, that God welcomes repent, sinners who repent. That's the point. Uh, because in each case, when they find the lost sheep, they find the lost coin, and they find the lost son, or he returns to his family. In each case, there's a party. And that party is the point of that whole passage, because it's saying, celebrate. Don't, and because people were getting upset because Jesus was associating with really sinful people, people with deep sin, sin problems, and they're saying, tut, tut. He's saying, no, that I'm we're going to soon we'll be partying because they're coming back to God and uh, but nevertheless it's interesting that in the prodigal son story think about this he, he this the youngest son he grows up he gets his inheritance he leaves home he goes and spends everything uh, and uh, he, he gets his inheritance and he separates from his father and his older brother and he goes off and does his own thing and in some of our cultures, that's kind of what it means to grow up. You leave home, you get what belongs to you, you go and do your own thing, now you're an adult. But I had a, 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 a fellow missionary, I was a missionary in inner city London for a number of years, and uh, I had a, one of my colleagues was a, a, a Pakistani man, one of our Christian um, workers there, and he was telling me that in his culture, where he grew up in Pakistan, uh, they understood that growing up meant you grow up in your family, you differentiate, differentiate yourself at some point, do, you know, and then you come back and are reconciled, and that's when you've really grown up. And the prodigal son really becomes a man when he comes home and reconciles to his father. See, the end of our journey is not self-expression but reconciliation. Amen? So, how then, that's eight reasons why we should honor our parents. How then can we honor our fathers and mothers? Well, it's, much, it's more than Father's Day. Let's have Father's Week. In fact, let's have Father's Month, I suggest, being a dad. We seem to need months for everything now, not just days, but uh, in our public celebrations. But uh, anyway, so the first thing I've already mentioned, number one. It's more, it's more than Father's Day. Number two, forgive them and be reconciled. Ask forgiveness. If you are estranged from your father, then I ask I, my first, this is what I'm saying here, be reconciled, at least in your heart. You can't control their side, but you can forgive them from the heart. And that's a choice, not a feeling. There's a girl that I was once... Uh, ministering to or counseling involved with and and uh and she had uh so rejected her parents that she changed her name uh she re she refused their name and one of the key moments in her life and it wasn't that she had you know that she'd been terribly abused or anything she just had bitterness and anger and they'd done some things she rejected them and she chose a different last name and one of the key moments uh, Sorry, not last name, first name. She just chose a different name because that was the name her parents gave her. She didn't want to be that name because that's what the name they gave her. And the, one of the key moments in her life where she says is, she said, you know what, this is my name that my parents gave me and I'm thankful for it. Amazing moment of reconciliation. So, number one, more than Father's Day. Number two, 
be reconciled. Number three, remember them. Remember your father. Don't forget them, right? Uh, it's easy to do. Find ways to keep their memory alive if they've passed on. And if they're still with you, find ways to remember them. Keep in touch. Number four, be thankful. Find ways to thank them. These are kind of obvious, right? Thank them. Uh, number five, acknowledge their virtues. Acknowledge their virtues. You know, uh, I spoke at my dad's funeral a number, a number of years ago, and uh, I got the, one of the biggest shocks of my life. Uh, my dad was a, quiet, a real gentleman, but a very, quite a quiet man. Uh, and uh, I didn't realize quite how influential he was until he died when hundreds of people packed into the church for his funeral and they came up to me afterwards uh, over and over and over again. Your dad meant so much to me. Your dad meant so much to me. Over and over and over again. Uh, I, got to, I said things about him that I had never said to him while he was alive and I regret it because I, I waited till his funeral to acknowledge much of what he'd done for me. Too late for him at that point. You know, uh, when I was young, my, I had an argument when I was a kid. I had, there was a girl who lived next door, and, uh, and she and I were arguing about who had the best dad. And, you know, so I would say, my, my dad's this, and she'd, she'd count up, my dad's that. We went on and on and on. And I finally won the argument because I said to her, she couldn't beat it. I said, my dad's got bigger feet than your dad. That's how I won the argument. But truly, as I, you know, as I said when he passed away, uh, his shoes are actually hard to fill. Acknowledge their virtues. Speak it out. Tell them you love them, right? Tell them you're grateful. Tell them what, what you appreciate. And number six, listen to them. Show interest. Now, I'm just going to read a verse from Proverbs. Proverbs 23, 22. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who begot you, who, gave, who bore you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. That's the inspired wisdom of God. Listen to your dad. All the dads here say, Amen. <laughs> Listen to me, please. And don't forget your mum. So, show interest in what they have to say. Spend time listening, not just talking. Don't tune them out. Turn them on. Listen to them. Number seven, listen, learn from them. And that kind of goes along with listening. Learn from them. In Proverbs 6, verse 20, My son, observe the commandment of your father. Don't forsake the teaching of your mother. 
Bind them continually, this is 20 to 23, verses 20 to 23, Proverbs 6. Bind them on your heart, tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they'll guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. And when they awake, they will talk to you, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Remember what your father and mother say.
your father has abandoned you, abused you, you don't know him. His absence is what it says. My father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. My father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Psalm 27, verse 10. Remember, first of all, if you know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, then God is your father. And I'm so glad when we're worshiping today, we're focusing on the presence of God himself, presence of the Lord, because he is our father, and every day is the father's day. Thank God for your life. He gave it to you through your father. If you have uh, one, of those, one of those fathers. So one by one, remember the Lord, God. He is your father. Number two, thank God for your life. Number three, forgive your father. In Proverbs 20 and verse 20, it says, He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. Don't curse your deadbeat dad. Don't curse your abusive father. You resent them, you, you will find yourself bitter. What we, what we resent is what we become like. Hello? What we resent and get angry over, we focus on it, we think about it, we mull over it, we, and we repeat it. And so, forgive and find ways that you can to honor your parents. Find ways that you can to honor that your, your parents. And lastly then, perhaps there are others who have been fathers to you as well. Grandfathers, uncles, someone into God put in your life who's, who's been a father to you. Find a way to honor that person as well. Well, all of this, none, all of this is important, but none of it is possible. None of this is possible without the power of the Lord in our lives, right? It's not just a, Christianity is not just a, bit, a list of do's and don'ts. We're talking about how to live in the wisdom of God, following his ways. And it really works, but it works because we're empowered by the Spirit. It works because we've been transformed by Jesus Christ. If today you're someone who doesn't actually know God as your Father, that is, means you have never, you, you haven't met the Lord as your Lord and Savior, you're not a committed follower of Christ, then the first thing for you today, before you ever just start honoring your Father, first thing today is honor the Father, Father God. Turn your life and your heart over to Him. Turn away from your other former life and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He wants to save you and give you a new life. Let's pray. Father, our Father, we honor you as the Father of fathers, as the one who, who through our fathers and our mothers created us and gave us life. We honor you as our Lord and our God. And we just say to you, your ways are so good. Your ways are so great. There's no one like you. And we are blessed to be in your presence and to follow you and to know you 
and Lord, where we have dishonored our parents, we repent today and confess and ask your forgiveness. Where we have neglected our parents and our fathers, we confess and ask your forgiveness. And Lord, help us by the power of your Spirit to live in the wisdom of God that says honor your father and mother and transform our lives, our families' lives, our church's lives, and our city and our state and our nation and our world so that we would, that you would heal the generations that are falling apart and restore families that are drifting apart and that your ways may be known on the earth that you might be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys stand with us and we will continue to worship. Son of God is laid in dark. 
sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing you're so good. Um, We just want to bring glory to you forever, Lord. Um, God, I pray that you would just transform our hearts, that um, with our own fathers, that you would just allow us to honor them and to um, give thanks for them, Lord, um, and to reconcile with them. We need to just give forgiveness, God. Um, Lord, I pray that you just allow us to see the great blessing you have given us in our in our dads and in our moms, Lord. I thank you just so much. Um, you've created the family structure, God. Um, Lord, I pray that um, as we sing this next song, we would just be um, filled with joy, and uh, God, that we would just sing it as thanksgiving to you, um, to give glory to you, and to also um, just have joy for the for the life that you've given us, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Fathers, we love you. We hope you have a great day, and uh, y'all are dismissed.